Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. We're in season two. This is episode 11. I can't believe we've actually wow. done 11 episodes already this year. That's crazy. I'm joined, uh, as always, by Dom and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Nothing hey. much, are we? Good, 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 good. So this episode, we're going to talk kind of uh, like a future forecast of, of some things. We're going to talk about... Uh, Teams, you know, some of the best teams uh, over the next three to five years. Who's going to be at the top of the heap in in three to five years? Uh, we're going to pick one for National League, and we're going to pick one for American League. And then we're going to go on to one player who we think is going to break out in the next three to five years. Somebody who maybe not, you know, hasn't made it to the majors quite yet and or is in the majors, but isn't like a solid rock star superstar. But we're going to talk about a few guys who think could possibly get there. We're going to talk a little bit about the Tatis suspension uh, for using some performance enhancing drugs. Drugs are bad kids, so uh, don't do it. Uh, obviously, we're going to go through our standings as always, and then we're going to move things around a little bit. Uh, we're going to ask some questions uh, to Dom about his GM skills and also Jeff about his baseball card uh, acquisitions. And then we're going to finish it off with one fact about baseball as we always do. So moving on to our first topic, it is that future forecast of the best teams over the next three to five years. And I'm going to start with you, Jeff. What is a team in the American League that you believe is poised to be great in the next three to five years? For the American League, I like the Seattle Mariners. Uh, we already see them kind of coming on this year with they're, uh, they've just got an energy to them. I mean, they're a very young team. They've got a great farm talent, some great prospects. Obviously, they'd probably have the rookie of the year with J-Rod. Uh, he's killing it. I like how they got the extension with J.P. Crawford. Uh, now, the Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, was excited about that, and he's kind of had a rough year, but I think he'll recover. Uh, this year's payroll is around $106 million. So I think they've got the space to hopefully extend Ty France too. He's an all-star this year. So I think they've got a pretty bright future ahead. Okay. All right. All right. What about the National League? What is your, your predictions for the National League? So the Atlanta Braves, my National League pick, obviously they won the World Series last year and they're doing great this year. But I think they're going to – I don't think they're going anywhere. I think even three to five years from now they're going to be doing great. I mean – Acuna and all these, they're in their mid-20s. They're under contract. Uh, Matt Olson's under contract. You know, between the three of those guys, they got them unlocked for the next seven to ten years. Uh, Austin Riley just had that massive 10-year, $212 million contract. So he's on lock as well. I mean, they've got elite bats, elite defense. Uh, they just signed their top prospect, Michael Harris, to an eight-year extension. Uh, I like William Contreras as well as their catcher. I think Hopefully he can work a way to being unlocked. And after 2023, they actually have a bunch of money coming off the book. So they can even explore some extensions for their pitchers with Max Freed, Anderson, Wright Strider. I mean, you're in a good spot if you're the Braves. Yeah, everybody thought when Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, moved on that that could possibly hurt them. And it just doesn't seem like it has in any way, shape or form. Very true. All right, moving on to you, Dom. What are your picks? We'll start with your or American League picks. My pick for the American League may be a little bit controversial. Maybe I'm being a homer, but you I are. think the guard uh, – most likely. Um, but I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. 
mostly because not only is this the youngest team in Major League Baseball, they're the youngest team in AAA baseball if this was a AAA team as well. And they are far exceeding any expectations that anyone could have possibly had for this team, given any best-case scenario. Now, I thought best-case scenario for this team was maybe 75, 78 wins, probably carried by the pitching staff. But we've seen a lot of rookies. We have had 14 players make their major league debut for the team this year, most of them on offense. And they've just been amazing. We've seen guys like Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan. Um, Andres Jimenez has had a breakout season, started an all-star game. Um, the only weakness is maybe the back end of the rotation. So as long as we have these young guys locked up for six to seven years, if we can improve the back end of that rotation and maybe add another arm of the bullpen, yeah, I think absolutely this can be one of the best teams of the American League. All right. What about your National League pick? Maybe a little bit of stretch, but the Pittsburgh Pirates have been on a fire sale the past couple of years and have acquired some pretty good talent. They got O'Neill Cruz, who's um, up in the major leagues now. They got one of the best catching prospects in Henry Davis. They, and overall, they have, I believe, a top 10 farm system. So if they can start developing that talent, if even half of those guys, less than half of those guys actually reach anywhere near their full potential, this could be a team that, you know, is pretty good. Maybe, you know, like the 2013, 2014 pirates that were, you know, 90 plus wins and in the playoffs, obviously they're not anywhere near that right now, but you know, we're looking five years out and I think we'll start to see guys like Henry Davis and O'Neill Cruz and even guys like Brian Reynolds that we already know are quality major league players really start to, you know, come into their own. All right. All right. Some, some not so much stretches from Jeff and a little bit of stretches from you. So I like it. <laughs> Mine's kind of, uh, I, I think, more closer on Jeff's side of it when it comes to the, are pretty damn good right now and are poised to kind of go uh, a little bit above what, they, uh, what they're currently at. First team uh, for the American League is obviously the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they just have a stacked lineup. Um, you know, Wander Franco being the, the rock star's you know, standout player. Um, I think that, you know, with Brandon Lowe uh, in the mix, you shift him to first base, wander to third, and Bujan to outfield kind of answers some some middle infield stuff, which, you know, they have a crowded middle infield situation, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, uh, you know, when, when Josh Lowe and Greg Jones uh, should get their shots soon coming up, I, I just think that they're – their farm is phenomenal. And when it comes to their pitchers, obviously you've got um, McClanahan, uh, Yarborough, uh, Anderson. They're just, you know, Pinto or Pinito, sorry. Um, you know, they have three electric young arms and, and some of the best pitching in baseball. Uh, I mean, obviously they're only, you know, second in the division right now behind the, the powerhouse Yankees. But uh, if the Yankees keep on slipping the, the way they do, I don't see any reason why the Rays aren't going to be able to, to you know, lock up that position, uh, you know, down, down the stretch. Because I think they're only eight games ahead in their division. So a lot can change, you know, in that particular. Uh, and don't um, forget about Tyler Glass now. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Phenomenal! Just uh, everything around them just screams, you know. Then they all, obviously they almost got you know to the the ALCS last year. Um, I think they ran into a a Red Sox team last year that 
wasn't supposed to be that good and ended up just getting some good wins and knocking them out uh, of the playoffs. But um, honestly, I don't see that not happening this year. So um, moving on to my National League team, it's going to be the Brewers. Um, I think, you know, they still owe Christian Yelish $130 million over five years. And uh, so, you know, he's not going anywhere. Um, I just I, I think that they have got a, a great lineup of bats. We've talked about this, I think, every year, even last year, Dom, you know, we talked about this where the, they are constantly, you know, in the mix as far as, you know, the rotations and their, their starting lineups. Um, it's just, you know, phenomenal. Obviously, they got, you know, a steal getting Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox um, for a uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. who – ended up doing nothing for, for them. So, I mean, they, they made out in that. I mean, they've got Corbin Burns. They've got Peralta. They've got Williams, Woodruff, um, you know, just amazing uh, pitching staff. Um, you know, they've even got pitching prospects, Ethan Small and Aaron Ashby that are poised to, you know, push for Spox uh, in the rotation. So uh, I'm definitely saying that the Brewers are going to kind of finally bust out uh, you know, and, and start winning some playoff games and possibly going to the dance. But I don't know. What do you guys think of all that? I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree, especially with the Brewers. I Talk about one of the better one organizations in baseball. I, yeah, I, I really like how they run their organization. Yeah, they already have one of the best rotations in baseball, and they'll probably only get better. Yeah. Yep. And even with the Rays, I love the way that their salaries have been budgeted. As well, I mean, you look at that, they got plenty of room. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on to our second topic, we're going to pick some players who could possibly break out. Um, either they're kind of stars now and they're going to be superstars or they're not quite uh, made it to the majors. But I'm going to start with you on this one, Dom. Who is a one player who will break out in the next three to five years? I'm going to go with Yankee shortstop prospect Anthony Vlope. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I'm probably not. Um, but he's one of the best prospects in baseball, playing for one of the best organizations in baseball that really know how to develop talent. And if they can't develop you, they'll buy someone that can replace you. But I think they'll be able to develop him because he's got all the tools to be one of the best shortstops in baseball. He's not going to really wow you with his offensive game, but defensively and just his knowledge of baseball is – pretty impressive so i think he's going to develop into one of the better all-around shortstops okay all right it's a good pick i looked at him a little bit so good on you on that all right jeff what do you got i've got jeremy pena with uh, houston uh shortstop uh he entered the season as the top prospect for the strohs and they kind of bet big on him replacing carlos correa i mean those are pretty big shoes to fill with the seasons yeah. he's had with the astros so he kind of really just had a defensive upside, but so far this year, he's actually been batting way better than expected. Uh, he's at a 246 average. He's at 16 homers, 44 ribbies, and he's even got seven stolen bags. So I'm seeing a lot of good stuff out of him. He's very only a 24, so he's killing it in his first season. Nice, nice. I also looked at him. There was a lot of that's real. That was actually a lot of fun as uh, out of all the research we did for all these topics. Um, on this episode I think that was the most I enjoyed like kind of reading up on some of these guys and, and how well they're playing and it was just like they're a lot of really good talent and mm -hmm. it makes excited for baseball because that means that like 
there's going to be a lot of good guys coming up in the next couple of years, and we're going yeah. to have a lot, a lot of good playing. So that it, it, it got me kind of stoked. I was, I was really happy. Oh yeah, for sure, and especially with uh, Volpe that he's talking about, or Volpe, however you say his name. Uh, just they're banking on him being huge because his Bowman rookie cards are at insane cost already. Really? Oh yeah, big time, like thousands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, we're not going to jump ahead too quickly for the those uh, <laughs> right. we'll talk about that a little later, definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to go stick with the shortstops and at least the, the infield. Uh, my pick is Gunnar Henderson. He's the third baseman kind of shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, he's a solid average defender at short, but he might up end up being a, a gold glover at third. And he just has more value on that 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 corner. Um, he's got the capacity for making adjustments over the plate um, and, you know, against, especially against right-handed pitchers. Um, he's got some work to do with lefties, but, you know, but since he's been uh, reached triple A, he's been hitting the ball on the ground a lot more. And, you know, the, the way that Baltimore's looking at him is that he could be the Orioles best defensive player since Manny and Machado. And that's a, it's a pretty big shoes to fill. So I'm definitely going with, uh, with Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. I'm, um really excited with a lot of these Orioles prospects. Yeah. I mean, the, the, and that was, was a team that I was even thinking about like, wow, they, they've got some, you know, pretty, obviously they didn't too, too much with the trade, but um, you know, they've got a lot of potential moving on. So. Yeah, for sure. Richmond's already lived up to the hype, I think. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Moving on to our third topic. And that's going to talk about, Tease. Uh, he was suspended for 80 games after testing pos- positive for uh, Clostebol, C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L, a performance-enhancing substance in violation of the Major League Baseball's Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program. So he is uh, got 80 days, obviously, the you know, suspension is without pay and effective immediately. So he will miss the remain, remaining, uh, he will miss the remainder of the season uh, and the first 33 games of the 2023 season, unless Padres make it to the playoffs and then that number will be diminished um, those 33 games next season will be diminished uh, because it counts towards the uh, postseason, which I did not know. That was really interesting. So I want to get their takes on that. So, Dom, what did you take on this Tatis suspension? It's just sad, man. Uh, he's the guy that arguably was on his way to being the face of baseball. And he comes off a massive contract signing. Who's going to be, what, 14 years, 300 and who knows how many millions of dollars the Padres were building this team around him to be the focal point of a team that could potentially win the World Series. And he comes into spring training with a broken hand from a motorcycle accident that he didn't tell the Padres about. And then he tests positive for PEDs. And, you know, if he would have came clean with the whole situation earlier, he could have been suspended early and maybe back for the end of the season in the playoffs. But no, he, you know, was not really honest with the whole situation and dragged it out. And now he's missing the whole season and the Padres are really counting on him to be a focal point of this team to help him into the world series push. Um, I read an article earlier that the Padres are um, kind of furious with 
Tatis with how he's acted this season and they've take him taking him off like any promotional stuff around the stadium they canceled his bobblehead night they are not happy with Tatis right now and I don't know what they're gonna do because they're locked into his contract but I don't know I mean it definitely speaks a lot about his character and that's kind of what I was thinking a lot about on this is that you know he was you know not forthwith or forthright with with his injury and then you know going ahead and using something that necessarily he did or did not know was was illegal and so it just kind of a little bit of ding on his character because he's just kind of it's like seems like a lot of selfish actions but you know i don't know what about you jeff what do you think yeah i agree 100 percent selfish i mean it's just showing his immaturity yeah the team just they can't trust him like he said, they had to pull his bobblehead night. I've seen fans walking around the other night because his number's 23. They duct tape over his name, suspended till 23. <laughs> and uh, I mean, gosh, you're banking on this guy to come back. You know, you go get Juan Soto, you go get Hater. You know, you're trying to make this push, banking on you being back soon. And then you have this happen. And I'm sorry, but it's an outright lie. <laughs> I'm trying to be like, oh, I didn't know. I thought it was was in the ringworm cream or whatever it's like yeah yeah i I found that to be a bunch of bs oh yeah we talked about this on i think it was let's talk sports last week and i told nick i was like listen these guys know exactly what's going into their bodies they have you know personal relationships with all of their doctors they know what's legal they know what's going on there's no way oh i didn't know this was a banned substance no i don't buy it for a second yeah, no way. No way. Just pretty, uh, I don't know. It's just disappointing. It just kind of makes you mad as a baseball fan, especially when, like, it's hard enough bringing younger kids into the game. And when I, like, have any kids that are getting into baseball, who's their favorite player? Tatis. You know, they they want to see this guy. And <laughs> it's just, here we are, tarnishing MLB's legacy with more PED issues again. So, Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even really think about that. You know, the the implications yeah. that it's having on 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 the the fans and on especially the young fans when when a young fan sees and hears that and it's like, oh, they they cheated. Well, maybe you know, like you know, maybe it's okay to cheat. That that type of mentality that these kids are going to think about. So I did not think about that. It's a good point, Jeff. All right, moving on to our standings rundown. I'm going to start with the American League. As always, you've got the New York Yankees in the American League East leading with a 74-48 record, but they are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. We'll definitely address that at the end of this. Uh, Tampa Bay is sitting at second with 65-55. and 55. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. You've got the Toronto Blue Jays at 65-55 and 55 as well. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Baltimore at 62 and 58. They are four and six in their last 10. You've got the Red Sox at the bottom at 60 and 61. They are six and four in their last 10. Moving on to the American League Central, you've got the Guardians, 64 and 56. They are six and four in their last 10. You've got the Twins, 62 and 57. They are five and five in their last 10. White Sox, 62, 59. They are six and four in their last 10. You've got the Kansas City Royals at 49 and 74. Ouch. And they're two and eight in their last 10. You've got the Detroit Tigers, 47 and 76. They are four and six in their last 10. 
to the American League West. You've got Houston at 78 and 45. They are six and four in their last 10. Seattle, 66, 56. They are six and four in their last 10. Texas, 55, 66. They are six and four in their last 10. You got the Angels, 52, 69. They are four and six in their last 10. And you've got Oakland at 45 and 77. They are four and six in their last 10. National League East has the Mets at 79 and 44. They are six and four in their last 10. You've got the Braves, 75 and 48. They are eight and two in their last 10. You get the Phillies at 66 and 55, four and six in their last 10. And you've got Miami at 52, 69. They are two and eight in their last 10. And Washington at 41 and 82. They are four and six in their last 10. National League Central, St. Louis is 69 and 51, 8 and 2 in their last 10. They got the Brew Crew, 40, or I'm sorry, 64 and 56. They are 4 and 6 in their last 10. You got the Cubbies, 52, 68, 7 and 3 in their last 10. Cincinnati, surprisingly, 48 and 71, 4 and 6 in their last 10. And you've got the Pirates of 47, 74. They are 2 and 8 in their last 10. You've got the Dodgers in the uh, National League West, 84 and 36. They are seven and three in their last 10. You got the Padres, 68, 56. They are five and five in their last 10. You've got the Giants at 16, 61. They are six and four in their last 10. Arizona, 55 and 66. They are four and six in their last 10. And Colorado, finishing it off, 53 and 70. They are four and six in their last 10. So what do you guys think of these standings? What stands out to you guys the most? I'm going to start with you on this one, Jeff. Yeah, as always, recently, the Mets and the Braves are looking awesome, and they're both proving they're contenders. But something interesting with the Mets, though, to kind of keep an eye out on is they just lost Carrasco to injury. Taewon Walker's about to miss uh, another start, maybe another two uh, if he's injured. And Nito has now hit the IL. They have to call up their prospect, uh, Brett Batty. So – some injury problems going on with the Mets now, so we'll kind of see what's going on with them. Uh, the Phillies are looking strong still, and they announced that they got Bryce Harper starting rehab this week, so they're really gunning for a wild card. Uh, the Padres, they really stick out to me. I mean, we thought they were one of the winners at the trade deadline, and they've kind of not done great since. And Josh Hader especially has been surprising. He's been struggling and actually announced today that they're taking him out of the closing role because he's had – those last couple of meltdowns. So just to try to alleviate some pressure and see if he can recover. Uh, obviously, like you said, we're going to talk about the Yankees. They are ice cold. I mean, it's insane to think. I mean, they had, what, a 17-and-a-half game lead at one point. Now it's shrunken down to eight. Uh, they've scored three or fewer runs in best, uh, 13 of 16 games. So pretty rough stuff. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on with them. And then I got to shout out St. Louis and Pujols being on an absolute tear right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's had six homers in 11 days. He's almost at 700. Yeah, I, I, we were, you know, it's funny because we were talking to this, uh, you know, off off camera that that at this point I'd just be lobbing him to him, just just to, you know, not like purposely, but you know, enough to mm -hmm. where like just to get him to 700. Just there. We've got a few more, you know, it was eight more weeks, nine more weeks of baseball. So right. um, let's, let's just, let's get this man to 700, please. Uh, if I can, <laughs> you know, I don't know how religious you guys are, but you know, please Lord, get him to 700. That's all I ask. <laughs> right. 
Agree. All right, Dom, what is your take on the standings? I think I'm really impressed with the Orioles. I thought after getting rid of, you know, some of their top players at the trade deadline, I thought they would have fallen off a little bit. They're still right there. They right now they are three games back the wild card. They are it doesn't look like they're going away anytime soon. So I am very interested to see the rest of the season how the American League wild card race plays out. I mean, looking over into the National League, I'm really intrigued to see how the Phillies and Brewers do the rest of the season because uh, it looks like the division's starting to slip away from the Brewers a little bit, but they're still right there in the wild card. Same with the Phillies. I don't know if they have enough in the in the tank to overtake the Padres right now for any wild card spot, or the Padres and the Braves for that matter in the wild card spot. But it's definitely going to be an interesting race. I kind of don't know if the Padres can hang on. It looks like they're running into some issues on and off the field, and I don't know. Maybe the Phillies and Brewers can catch up to them. I mean, I, I definitely think the Brewers can do it, um, but we'll see. Um, so to curtail on everything you guys just said, uh, the, the Yankees are definitely my what the hell is going on type of thing. Um, it, it just seemed like they were poised to be just one of the greatest teams that we've ever seen in baseball. And, and it's a house of cards. They're just, everything's falling apart. And I just can't believe it. Um, you know, three and seven in their last 10. And I think they're what four for 14 or four for 15 or something like that. They, I mean, they, they're just mm-hmm. they're absolutely it to blow that much of a lead in your division when you're this close, like I said, it's very plausible that Tampa can shave a few games off of that, you know, running down the stretch and maybe even run it out. Who knows? Um, and I'll definitely talk about uh, Jeff's uh, Cincinnati. You know, I, I, I didn't think they were going to do anything. I, and I'm not saying they're doing anything, but right. to, to be, you know, playing 400 ball when I think that they, I didn't think they were going to play, you know, more than 200 ball um, and to be, mm-hmm. playing, you know, like the decent and having at least, you know, one close to 50 games and they're probably hit 60, you know, maybe in 65 games by the end of the season. Um, they're, they're a little bit of a surprise for me. So, uh, you know, six and four, they're four and six in the last 10, but they've won two in a row. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give it yeah. to them. I'm definitely going to watch them throughout the rest of the season and see what happens with that. Yeah. Pretty interesting. As much as we expected them to be just god awful horrible, they they haven't they didn't do that to us. So, right, and even after the, some of the trades, it's like, all right, I can live with this. Yeah. Right, to our topic about the boys, uh, we're going to start with Dom and his GM skills. First, we're going to go into it. Dom, what has changed over the course of the last two weeks uh, with your GM abilities? Who have you started? Who have you pulled out? And uh, you know, what is your rankings in this particular? league you're in so the main league that i'm in the one that um i made the jacob de trade in not much has changed in the last two weeks i haven't really made any roster moves um i still got uh, looking at my team i still have quite a few guys on the ir that should be coming back soon i got ozzy albies that's expected back at the end of the month trevor story i think is starting some rehab assignments and Jar- um john carlos stanton should be coming back um, unfortunately, Clay Holmes is on the 15-day IL. I have to keep him active because I don't have any uh, empty IL spots. But at this point, I'm still number one in the league. 
I'm going to lose this week, unfortunately. Um, still put up 750 points, but, you know, the guy in front of me put up 850. So I'm not really that upset about it. But looking at the rest of the schedule, I got two games left in the regular season. One of them is against the guy that's in second place, and the other one is against the guy that's currently 5-12. and 12, So I'm not too concerned about that. I think if I can go one and one the rest of the season, I'll still lock up that number one spot in the playoffs. So looking to finish the season at about 14 and five, which is you know, pretty solid. All right. Well, that definitely answers my first question as to what you think your final standings will be at the end of the season. But with a 14 and five record, that's pretty good. How does your playoff structure work for your particular league? So let me bring up the can i bring up a playoff bracket yeah so projected playoff bracket it looks like it's a smaller league so it is really just the semifinals and then the championship game so right now i would play the number four seed in the playoffs and then two and three play and then the winner of those go to the championship game okay so So, looking forward to kind of next season what would you do differently uh to start the season off as far as pitchers as far as players that you would pick, uh, you know, how would you think, do things differently to start off next season? I think I kind of found the sweet spot. Usually I kind of focus, you know, all on pitching and then, you know, leave almost nothing to my lineup. Um, this year, I the first couple rounds, I went pitchers, and then I focused on my lineup a little bit more, and then I kind of went back to pitching and filled out the rest of my rotation. I, I think that's a pretty good way to do it this way i'm not all in on pitching and then have no lineup or go all in on my lineup and have no pitching because in this league and pitchers are really what win you championships and you're getting elite pitchers they're getting you 30 40 could be maybe 50 points a game um where you know a, a normal uh, offensive player he's getting you three four maybe five so if you can have a really solid rotation then you're going to be pretty set um so yeah i think next year kind of keep the same philosophy focus on pitching but don't forget about the offense okay jeff is a also a, an aficionado of of the fantasy baseball <laughs> anything to add to that yeah um i actually agree with them uh i actually did this like kind of same thing i went i kind of Normally I go pitcher heavy, but this year I kind of went half and half and it paid off because I made some awesome pickups at the very beginning of the season. Uh, like I got J-Rod, I got uh, mm. Nestor Cortez, I got, you know, just some guys like that. But you're always going to have these guys that emerge that no one thinks is going to be anything. So if you kind of split it like that, you know, you're going to have enough wiggle room and hopefully between the injuries and stuff. Like I also have Stanton, so I'm waiting for him to get off the aisle. I've got uh, Harper and Kershaw as well. So once you fight the injuries, I feel like that's the hardest part of fantasy. For sure. Well, I cannot wait till next season when the three of us are in a league together and we can talk massive crap to each other. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll have to do updates every episode. Correct. It's going <laughs> to be a lot of fun. All right, moving to our segment about Jeff and your cards. Before we get into the questions, Jeff, uh, what do you got baseball card-wise this year or this episode for us? 
Yeah, so I got uh, I got I got this interesting card. So growing up, obviously, I loved the Reds, and Ken Griffey was one of the ones that got me into baseball. So I got this uh, 2006 Fleer Ken Griffey Jr. Lumber Company card. Uh, I couldn't really find a lot of information about it. There's not a ton of them out there, but I mean, it's not super rare or like valuable, but for me, it is because. 2006 i was watching him at 11 years old right after his comeback player of the year season so uh it's a pretty interesting i like i just love the look of it it's got the gold tent on the lumber company logo so just thought it was uh something interesting for me okay uh let's see what else we got here i also got uh one of the red trades we got the mariners top prospect noel de Marte. And I think he's going to kill it when he gets to the majors. So I got his Bowman Chrome. It's a blue hollow, and it's numbered out of 150. So I think hopefully I hang on to that. It'll get some value here in the future, future couple years. Uh, Another Reds rookie. I pulled a uh, red red, uh, prism out of 99, I believe it is. Yeah, of TJ Friedel. So got some reds rookies going on and then i also got lucky and pulled a uh, stanton game used materials card so i got a little piece of his jersey for my collection wow. so I'll put that next to my uh aaron judge one <laughs> yeah so some fun i got pretty lucky just uh recently all right nice we're moving on to our questions about this so uh you know i, I kind of formulated a few thinking that like you know what was out there and, and you're pretty knowledgeable about this stuff so got a couple questions for you um what is the most expensive card out there that is still obtainable and that means that you can go that, that those packs are out there and you can still purchase this uh so what do you got yeah that was a tough question uh i've had to research it a little bit and basically what i've come up with on my own is i'm just going to go off of this year's tops collection this year's top series one and two, and then obviously later we'll have the update series. But the most sought after this year is a Wander Franco card that's got the Gold Cup All Star rookie and the camo variation. And it is currently selling ungraded. I found three purchases of them ungraded, all over five thousand dollars. Wow! And you can pull those out of. You know, any of those little packs, blister packs, the boxes. I mean, so that one, <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, man, I've got the base one, but got to start looking for camo, I guess. Well, how many, do you know how many are out there or is it, do they ever say that? No, I couldn't find if they were uh, numbered or not. And I don't think they actually are. So just from how little people have found them, I think, I think they're going to end up being pretty rare. But yeah, some of them are numbered. They'll have the little gold stamp, uh, like with the Frida one. I could show you. It's got the gold stamp telling you what number it is out of yeah. ninety nine. But that's that's the best I could find for that one. Okay, all right. Uh, moving on to question two: uh, What pack should people be buying uh, that they don't? You know, most people don't know about. What's one of those packs? So, that's kind of right, there's tons of different cards out there. Um, and some of them are even controversial because some have agreements with the Players Association, but not MLB. So they actually have to Photoshop the team jerseys off the them so they can use the player. So some people hate those. I'm not really a big fan. Other people love them. They buy like the Don Russ has them. 
there's quite a few other, but to me personally, Bowman's my favorite. I mean, when people think of baseball cards, they immediately think of tops. Bowman is actually top, but their cards come with prospects and I love them because they've got such a clean look. The card stock is actually like, I think a lot nicer. And you also get your uh, platinums and chrome alternates out of those. I feel like you get better. You kind of get better treats out of them. And third market resellers have them for like crazy prices because you can hardly ever find them in material retailers, like actual brick and mortar stores. Uh, but you can typically get them online. Uh, you have to get them shipped out to you, but I love them because you can get those hits. You can get those prospects, you know, you could pull a Volk and hang on to it. And, you know, he ends up being something and you've got that, or I'm hanging on to now I've got this Marte Bowman and it could end up being something like, uh, in 2018, I actually found there was a Bowman Chrome Otani rookie super fractor card. It was wow. a one of one with his autograph and no one had pulled it yet that year. No one had found it. And there was a website that was actually offering $65,000 to anyone that pulled it and had it graded. Eventually, the person that pulled it didn't take the offer. They said, we'll give you $100,000. He said, no, he took it to auction, went for $184,000. That was in 2018. So hit that value. A more now. Exactly. So you can get pretty lucky. Nice, nice. All right. Well, we've uh, we've gone already gone over what you got this week. So, what are you searching for then? Pretty much any Joey Votto card. I've got like thirty different Joey Votto cards now. But I love Votto. Obviously, he's my favorite player growing up, and uh, I've got tons of different variations of him. But also the players, like I said with Griffey, like the ones that got me into baseball, Barry Larkin cards, uh, Ken Griffey, Sean Casey, any ones like that. Uh, pretty much any red specific I'll go for. Okay. Nice. We'll, we'll keep on pulling and uh, we will definitely talk about this uh, in the next episode as well. Maybe uh, we'll get some cards and we'll do some, uh, you know, card opening uh, on, uh, on air. So that'll be fun. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Eat some gum. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dom, I'll start with you on this. What is your one fact about baseball? All right, so I guess this is a little bit more of a trivia question slash um, fact. Would you believe me if I told you that there was a guy that had the same batting average for four consecutive seasons? This is with over four hundred, over five hundred at bat. No, at least four hundred at bats every season for a four-year stretch, had the same batting average. The odds of that. Yeah. Uh, pretty astronomical. Would you believe me if I told you that it was Chris Davis from 2015 to 2018 had a 247 batting average every season from 2015 to 2018? <laughs> I mean, after the second I mean, I guess season, you can't. Yeah. That's the better Right, yeah. Talk about consistency. Yeah, that's <laughs> phenomenal. Damn. <laughs> I mean, after the second year, you're probably just like, come on, just one extra hit. Give me some. <laughs> right. Yeah, so the first time he batted 247, he had 392 at-bats. And then 2016, 2017, 2018, 
he had at least 550 at bats. So it's it's not wow. like it was injury shortened seasons and he just happened to hit two two forty seven again. No, the he played at least a hundred and twenty games each season. That's crazy. All right, moving on, Jeff. What do you have? Yeah, so we had some uh, recent history on Friday. Got to shout out uh, your Guardians there with Tristan McKenzie against the White Sox had fourteen strikeouts and zero walks, and there's only ever been done by two other pitchers before with 14 Ks and no walks against the Sox. I was going to see if you guys could get the other two. We said first the other one was 1990, and then what was the other? 2000. I think you can for sure get one. Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez? Pedro Martinez is one. Okay. I was going to say Randy Johnson for the the, the 1991, but that – Nope, it's actually uh, none other than Nolan Ryan. Ooh. Wow. Yep, they both actually had uh, 15Ks that night. So the, he's the only one to ever kind of match their history there against the White Sox. So I mean, he was lights out. I don't know if it's the haircut or what, but he's killing it. Speaking of Nolan Ryan, there's a new documentary out. Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I have to look at it, but um, it's about Nolan Ryan and – uh, I watched the preview and it looks spectacular. I mean, he, oh, I'm very into that. Yeah, he, you know, I, I didn't realize he almost quit baseball and his wife talked him into. This is early on in his career, and his wife talked him into, you know, to to sticking with it and, and you know going back out there. And then obviously he becomes probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pitcher of all time. So, wow, it's just phenomenal. All right, so. Uh, mine is more of a kind of a fact, not a stumper, but um, did you know that the Pittsburgh Pirates hold several different diversity records in Major League Baseball? They are the first team to field an all-minority lineup, 1971. They are the first team to sign an Indian player in 2008, and they are the first team to field a uh, first African-born player in gift, and I'm going to get his name wrong, uh canope in 2017 uh so they hold those three records for being the most diverse clemente would be proud yeah definitely for sure well that does it for this edition of on deck presented by deep dive sports make sure you download us on anywhere you can get your podcasts and until next time baseball is america's pastime We hope that you enjoyed this episode of On Deck as much as we have. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at deep.dive.sports. Or download us through Amazon, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As always, we are On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.